0: This episode was made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. For more information, please visit patreon.com author chris lester. I strive to make this podcast a safe and inclusive place for my listeners. If I've missed any content warnings, please let me know. Content warnings for this episode include Strong Language Mature Themes Casual Ableism Discussions of Adultery and Spousal Abuse, and Religious Bigotry and Intolerance. You're listening to The Raven and the Writing Desk, the weekly podcast about the writings of Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. This is Episode 246. Hey there, folks. Welcome to The Raven and the Writing Desk. I'm your host, Chris Lester. You can learn more about me and my work at chrislaster.org and metamorecity.com. Each week I share a piece of my fresh new fiction with you. I'll also tell you the latest on my life and my writing. So let's get started with this week's story. Today I'm bringing you Chapter 20 in my Metamore City novel, Homecoming. If you're new to the show, go back to Episode 228 to hear this story from the beginning the following recap will contain spoilers. John and Kate have accidentally triggered Chase Tomley's metamorphosis into an incubus. An orgy they set off at a house party fed him enough life energy to complete his transformation, and supercharged his essence enough that he lost a large portion of it to a lust storm, an uncontrolled manifestation of Suspira's power. Kate absorbed the lust storm, further transforming her own body in the process, and they retreated to Sam and Lisa's house, bringing along Chase and Emily, who has been his best friends since early childhood. The two young people quickly fell asleep in the guest room, while John and Kate talked over the situation with Lisa. With two incubi and one succubus under one roof, they decided that the safest course of action was for Sam and Lisa to go get a hotel room, so Kate and the others could spread out however they needed to. Kate and John spent the night in her parents' bed, which was large enough to accommodate the huge, bat-like wings that Kate had acquired by absorbing the lust storm. The next morning, Kate found herself unbearably aroused and unable to sate herself. John watched her masturbating for a while, then asked who she'd been thinking about. Kate admitted she'd been fantasizing about sharing her new cock with Morgan— with whom she and John have been exploring polyamory for the last few months. On hearing this, John showed Kate a surprise he'd been saving for her. Using his natural shapeshifting powers, he transformed himself into a twin of Morgan. John and Kate proceeded to have sex and used their essence on each other's life mana, feeding and being fed upon simultaneously. In the process, Kate came to a better understanding of her power to absorb and channel Essence. She carefully returned a portion of Suspira's Essence to John, which reversed the transformations she had experienced the previous night. She still held on to enough Essence to keep her earlier changes, though, including her horns, tail, and a more reasonably sized cock. After all, she's still on vacation, and she's having way too much fun to stop now. After Emily showed up in the bedroom and asked about breakfast, Kate and John reluctantly left the bed to begin their day. Chase still needs help, after all, and John's the one in the best position to explain what has happened to him. Homecoming, A Tale of Metamore City Written in read by Chris Lester Chapter 20 Once Emily was gone, they quickly got themselves cleaned up and dressed. Kate put her coloration glamour back on, and John changed back to his usual human form. Kate let out a sigh of relief as she slid back into the pants Henri had made for her. They once again fit perfectly. "'Thank the Prophet,' she said. "'I would have been very disappointed if I couldn't wear these again.' Yeah, me too. John put on a clean pair of boxer briefs, jeans, and a tight-fitting black t-shirt. The front of the shirt read Troublemaker in a fancy calligraphic script. It might have been the name of a band, but that wasn't why John had bought it. You realize that the rest of the essence you're holding probably belongs to Chase, right? That lust storm mostly came from him. Yeah, Kate sighed. Her tail coiled around in front of her and she caught it in both hands, rubbing the head softly between her fingers. What does that mean for him? Will his powers be weaker? Will he still have to feed? Probably yes to both, John said. If you'd taken all of his essence, he'd be dead. He's still an incubus. But you're probably making it so his hunger won't be as strong. It should be easier for him to control for a while. Kate nodded, looking thoughtfully down at her tail. Maybe he doesn't need to take it back then. The poor kid's going to have a hard enough time as it is. John cocked an eyebrow at her. That sounds like a very well reasoned argument from a woman who wants to keep being a succubus. Kate blushed and let go of the tail. It flicked back out behind her, waving in slow, wary motions. Maybe, she admitted, grudgingly. Not forever but yeah, I'd like to keep it a little longer. She hesitated, then asked, Is that stupid? Am I being stupid and selfish again? John took her in his arms and kissed her. Then he held her at arm's length and looked her in the eyes. Is it selfish for you to want to keep doing something that makes you feel good? Sure, that makes you exactly as selfish as every other organism with a central nervous system. Kate chuffed a laugh and rolled her eyes. All right. This is what I get for asking a hedonist. I am what I am, John said cheerfully. But what I was going to say was, you're also helping Chase. You took on something that's a burden to him, but a blessing to you. That feels like a win-win to me. Kate nodded, conceding this. Thanks. I notice you didn't say anything about whether it was stupid, though. John cocked his head at her. Why do you think it's stupid? Because in the last 24 hours, I've seduced my tailor, had a threesome with a college girl, and turned a house party into a literal clusterfuck. What would you call that? Tuesday. Kate rolled her eyes again. She grabbed the back of his head and pulled it to hers, pressing their foreheads together. Her horns rubbed lightly against his scalp. I love you she said fervently. You are a terrible influence. Thank you, he said, and kissed her. Now let's have breakfast. By the time they made it downstairs, Emily had lined up her ingredients and cooking equipment on the kitchen island and was checking a recipe on her phone. Kate sent a text to her parents telling them it was safe to come over, then attended to her own number one breakfast priority. The Brewing of Coffee. Emily greeted her with a sideways hug and a peck on the lips. Good morning, she said. Hmm, Kate said, and kissed her again, longer this time. Her tail wrapped around Emily's body, lightly caressing her upper thigh. Emily placed her hand over the tail's head, stroked her fingers gently along its length. Good morning to you too, Kate said. No regrets, I hope? Hells now. "'Emily said. "'So, hey, what's the best pan to use for this? "'Your mom has, like, six of them.' "'That would be my dad, actually,' Kate said, sounding amused. "'Let's see what he's got these days.' "'While the ladies attended to breakfast, John wandered into the living room. "'Chase was sitting at one end of the couch, his tail hanging limply over the edge, "'his body half-turned toward the armrest and hunched over his phone.' John couldn't read the text on the screen, but he recognized the messaging app when Chase flicked over to it. The young man started to type something, then sighed and erased it. Have you heard anything from Janet? John asked, quietly. Chase glared at a spot somewhere around John's navel, but he couldn't hold it for long. His hand with the phone fell limply into his lap. She's not answering. His voice was raw with suppressed emotion. I've tried everybody I can think of who knows her. Only one of them even wrote back. What did they say? John asked. In answer, Chase flipped over to another conversation and held it up for John to read. The message was short and to the point. You're going to burn in hell for what you've done. John sank down into the couch beside Chase with a heavy sigh. People are talking about what happened, Chase said quietly. The tip of his tail twitched in small, agitated movements. Some folks ended up in the hospital. My fault. Not your fault, John said firmly. Yeah? Chase shot an angry look at him, then back at his own red-hued skin. Then why did I get turned into a demon? You aren't a demon, John said. Chase, think about it. You know your canticle, right? The kid nodded vigorously. Okay, you know that story where Joshua meets the crazy guy with all the demons, and he tells the demons to get lost, so they go into a bunch of pigs, and the pigs jump into a lake and drown? Yeah, Chase said, slowly. Okay, John said again. What did the demons look like? Chase frowned. His eyes went distant. Did they look like this, John pressed, with red skin and horns and a tail? No, Chase said. They... they didn't look like anything. They were inside the man, and then they went into the pigs. Exactly, John said. The things the Canticle calls demons, the fallen, they don't have bodies. They're beings of pure thought. They don't look like anything. Chase's frown deepened. But there are demons with bodies. The light bringers fight them. I've seen videos. The Lightbringers fight outsiders, John said. And outsiders can be weird and powerful, and some of them are scary as hell. But they aren't demons. They're just another kind of living thing. They eat and sleep and make babies like any animal. Like any person. They're just made of different stuff. It's called essence, and that's what you've got inside you. That's why you changed. Chase looked up at him then. His expression was wary, but John could see the burning curiosity inside him, the need to know. Why do I have this essence stuff? You were born with it, John said, and he tried to make it sound matter of fact. There are lots of outsiders living on Earth. A lot of them look human most of the time. They live their lives. They eat, they sleep, they make babies. Sometimes they make them with humans. Then you've got a kid who's part human and part outsider. Chase looked scornful. You're saying that one of my parents is secretly some kind of... of alien freak? Only if I'm some kind of alien freak, John said. With a slight effort of will, he let his eyes turn back to their native amber color. Chase sat back in his seat, his own eyes going wide. John held a hand out, palm upward and let a bit of his aura manifest there. A swirling ball of red smoke appeared in his hand. Chase swallowed hard, looking back and forth between the smoke and John's eyes. John reabsorbed the essence and let his eyes go back to brown. "'You aren't the only one with outsiders in your family,' John said softly. He let Chase think about that for a moment before continuing." "'Chase, I can't tell you what your parents' story is. One of them could be an outsider who's living in secret. Some people have outsider blood and don't even know it. Kate just found out last spring that she's part outsider.' He looked down at the floor, then spoke in a lower voice. "'My mother was stuck in a very hard, very sad marriage to an angry, abusive man who was old enough to be her father. She met a handsome man who understood her pain.' and helped her escape it for a while. He was an outsider, and that's how I was born. He looked back up at Chase. I'm not saying that's your story, but the only way to know the truth is to ask your parents. Chase seemed horrified by that idea. He shrank a little deeper into the couch, his tail curling reflexively around his body. I can't let them see me like this. My dad's a deacon in the church— if people knew. He shook his head. He couldn't seem to finish the sentence. John knew enough about body language that he didn't try to touch Chase then, but part of him badly wanted to wrap the kid in a hug and hold on tight. His history might not have been exactly like Chase's, but that worry about destroying his family's reputation, that was something he knew all too well. Listen, he said, I'm here to help you whatever you decide to do. If you want to get out of this town and start over somewhere else, I know places you can go. If you want to stay and talk things out with your folks, I'll help with that, too. But I won't make you do anything, all right? It's got to be your choice. Chase looked up at him, his expression bleak. Can I have somebody take this away from me? So I can just go back to being me? John winced. I'm sorry, man, but that's not one of the options. This is part of you. It always has been. It's just been hidden until it was ready to come out. A frog can't go back to being a tadpole, you know? He placed his hand between them, palm upward. I'll tell you what, though. You can learn to control it. I know people who can teach you. Chase's tail slowly relaxed, uncoiling to lie on the cushion beside him. He looked down at John's hand, but he didn't reach for it. People in Metamore? The ones I know personally are in Metamore, yeah. But I can help you find someone closer to home, too, if you want to stay here. Again, it's your choice. Just then, the garage door began to rumble. John peeked out behind the curtains and saw Sam's van pulling into the driveway. The Katanes are here, John said. They know what's going on and they promised to help however they can. He got to his feet and offered his hand again. You want to come have some breakfast, or do you need some time by yourself? As if on cue, Chase's stomach rumbled. He glanced down at it, took a deep breath in and out. All right, he said, and took John's hand. I'll come. And that's the end of Chapter 20, come back next time when our heroes have a long talk with Chase, and an unsettling secret is revealed. 80 Allsaid said, What's so great about writing? You can make anything true. So come along with me, and let's see what truths I've created this week. It's time for the Weekly Writing Report. This update covers the week of August 1st through August 7th. I wrote 3,665 words this week, over the course of six hours, for an average writing speed of 611 words per hour. As of Friday night, I have gone 112 days without breaking my chain. I'm now well into the second act of Honor Bound, and I'm at the point where I need to start making some big decisions about the plot. I've set up several important plot threads, some of which are going to be resolved in this book, and some of which will need to carry through into the other books in the series. I have to pick which ones I'm going to run with now, and which ones I'm going to keep stringing along for later. And I can't pick too many of them, because otherwise the book is going to end up too long and the pacing's going to be a mess. This is the part where I often run into trouble with my stories. When you have too many ideas about which way a story can go, it's easy to get paralyzed. I need to remember my experience with Homecoming, where I kept moving forward a day at a time. I made some bold choices with the plot without knowing how they would play out, and then I followed the consequences of those decisions. And to my surprise, it ended up working really well. I did the same thing again, on a smaller scale, with the Dark Lord Steve. I need to trust myself. Trust my characters, and then pick a direction and go. The story is now in chapter 20, and the manuscript is about 48,000 words. I have an important announcement this week for my listeners in the United Kingdom and the European Union. Hi, folks! I have a bunch of awesome listeners on the far side of the Atlantic, and some of them have been longtime supporters of the show on Patreon. That hasn't always been convenient for them because until now, patrons had to make their pledges in U.S. dollars. That meant that the amount of your pledge changed from month to month depending on exchange rates, plus you had to pay currency conversion fees. Well, no longer. As of August 2020, Patreon is allowing listeners in the UK and the EU to make pledges in pounds sterling or euros. You'll be charged the same amount every month, and the conversion fees will be paid on my end. I want to stress this is completely optional for existing patrons. If pledging in U.S. dollars works for you, you don't have to change anything. But if you want to make the switch, you can go to patreon.com slash author chris lester, cancel your existing pledge, and then enter a new pledge. As long as you're not using a VPN based in another country, you should now see the donation tiers listed in your home currency. And for my listeners in other countries, Patreon is hoping to roll out support for other currencies over the next couple of years. Stay tuned for updates on that front. Whether you live in Timbuktu or Kalamazoo, becoming a patron is the single best way to support this show and help me keep making it. Your monthly pledges give you access to exclusive content, including bonus artwork, character profiles, and behind-the-episode commentaries. Right now, everyone who pledges at least three dollars a month, or three pounds, or three euros, can get access to the first draft of Honor Bound as I'm writing it. I currently post about one chapter every week, usually between 2,000 and 4,000 words. It's been great to see the reactions from fans in real time as the story unfolds. To get started, head on over to patreon.com slash author chris lester and make a pledge today. And if you're already a patron, thank you so much for your support. If you'd like to share your thoughts about the show, send your feedback in text or audio to Feedback at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, dial area code 641-715-3900, then enter extension 255082, followed by the pound sign. My Facebook is facebook.com slash author chris lester. The fan group is fans of Metamore City on Facebook. And our Discord server is Metamore City. I'm there pretty often, so come say hi. If you like this show, please consider leaving a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or podchaser.com. It really helps people find the show. That's all for this week. I'll be back next time with more fresh new fiction. Until then, keep it on the bright side. This is Chris Lester, signing out. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2019 and 2020 by Chris Lester and Liminal Corvette Press. The show is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. So don't change it, don't sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. For more information about this license, please visit creativecommons.org.